So this message tonight is for everybody. It's for everyone. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, don't even think about taking, don't be, didn't. Don't even think about talking to me during this message tonight because I will straight up punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. If you got your Bible, if you got your Bible, I've got the scripture that I want to share with you tonight. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I want you to write this down and it says this. It says, therefore, if anyone, and if you got your Bible, you got a pen, circle anyone. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. See, here's what happened to me when I got saved, when I accepted Jesus into my life. Um, I, I was, it was my sophomore year into college. And, and when, when I say I got saved, um, basically I realized, I had the realization that sin was a huge deal in my life. And it was separating me from God. And I needed to put my trust and my faith and my hope in Jesus for the rest of my life. Um, but here's the deal. When I accepted Christ into my life, when I accepted him in my life, when I prayed that prayer, when I said those words, when I committed to it, I didn't feel new at all. I didn't feel any different. I, I felt this like the same old me. But guess what happened? Um, I, I went back and I had opportunities to go back and make some of the same decisions that the old me was making. I tried some of the same stuff, was around the same people, um, the, the same drugs, the same alcohol. Um, and the same, the same people, the same bad influences. And, but now I, I, I couldn't do it. And here's why. Because I wasn't the same person anymore that I used to be. The old me had gone away and the new me was here to stay. So here's what I came across and you all need to write this down. You all need to know this. You can't be who you were and who you are at the same time. You can't be who you used to be and who you are at the same time. Did you know who wants, who, who wants you to, to have the most average year of your life? That's the enemy. That's the devil. He wants you to have the most average year of your life. See, the, the, the devil, the enemy, he would be so pumped up if you had the most average year of your life. Everything about this world wants you to have the most average year of your life. Like, don't you dare try anything great. Don't you dare try anything extraordinary. Don't you dare be extraordinary. But listen, when, when it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, you can't be who you were and who you are at the same time. One of those things has to go. See, my, this year, my prayer for, for you and for me is that we would make decisions like, like the me that, that I am, not me who I was. That we would make decisions, that we would commit to change, and then that way we would continue to follow through on that change. See, I've got two things that you're going to need, and you need to know this. Write this down. You need a new objective. You need a new objective. Every single day, people live their lives being as average as possible. You walk around your halls at school, a lot of average people at school. You sit in class, a lot of average people sitting around you. 
whatever it is, your friend, a lot of people are average around you. There are billions of people on this planet being as average as possible. And it's time that somebody did something different. You and I are going to be, if you and I are going to be who we are in Christ, we can't be who we were. We can't be average. You have to have a new objective. Um, At one time in my life, being a Christian, I, I, I thought that, um, every time that something happened to me, I had to respond in a certain way. I had to do a certain thing. I had to respond in this certain way. Um, so, but tonight, here, here's your new objective. Your new objective is this. Write down First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. <clears throat> right here, this verse is our new objective. This is it. Here's what you've got to focus on from now on. If you want to be who you are and not who you were, it says, always be joyful. Uh-oh, I don't like where this is headed. Never stop praying. Oh, we got bad news here. Be thankful in how many circumstances? All circumstances. Are you ready for this? Because this next line here may wreck some of your worlds here. Um, and it says this. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you for who belong to Christ Jesus. You need to know this. Write this down. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. How many of you guys know someone who has zero joys in their life? Like, there are, like, like you guys, anybody grew up watching Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore, zero joys in his life. Like, come on, guy, like, pick it up a little bit. Like, he's the saddest cartoon character I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, but notice that the verse, is, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say, always be happy. It doesn't say, always be happy. Being happy and being joyful are two totally different things. Did you know that one out of every 10 adults say that they're depressed or, or that they're, saying they're on some kind of a depression medication? Um, here's the deal. Being joyful has nothing to do with being happy. But the, the, the thing that, that drives me crazy, it, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach, is when I see people walking around and their head is always down and they're always complaining and they're always sad and they're always negative about every single little thing. That, that honestly, it really does bother me. And, and because I, I just don't relate to that. Because of of who God is and because of what he's done in my life, I've got this overwhelming joy in my life. See, the world wants you to live your entire life finding something and anything wrong with everything. Be joyful. See, now now joy, it it doesn't matter about circumstances. And, And we're going there for a second. And I want you to know this. Joy comes from knowing that Jesus has paid for my past. He's with me right now. And he's got extraordinary plans for my future. That's how I have joy in my whole life. And everything I do is, is knowing that he's paid for my past. That he's with me right now. And he's got extraordinary plans for my future. 
And here's the, the key thing to that. Joy comes from knowing. Not from guessing, but from knowing that he's promised us this. This is what he's got for us. This is what he's got planned for it. And we know this. See, Jesus, he, he paid for my past. And I don't know about you guys, but I praise God for that. He took care of my past. I, I was a rotten person. A no good, sinner, worthless, terrible, bad person. And guys, I can praise God because he's taken care of that past. He's forgiven me of my past. Uh, and he, he's with me right now. And that's amazing. And he's got extraordinary plans for my future. Did you know that the worst possible truth is true for your life? Every single one of you guys in here, the worst possible truth is true for you guys. That you and I, every single one of us, we have sin on the inside of us. We have sin in our lives. From birth... The Bible talks about how we're separated because of the sin in our lives. We're separated from God. That's true for everyone. That's true for every single one of us. But you know that the best possible scenario for you guys in this room is that because Jesus, because he came to this earth and, and he died for you and I, that if you believe in him, that that sin can be taken away. It can be erased. It can go away. That is the joy of living. That's the joy of knowing that, that my past, my sin, the, the best mess ups, the mistakes, the terrible bad things that I've done, they're all gone. They're all erased. I'm not saying human, be- human beings, don't forget, they remind you actually often of how bad you used to be. But God, the one who is really important, he's forgotten that. He's forgiven me of everything I've done in my past. That is joy in living. Joy comes from knowing the worst sin that I commit on the worst of my days is not going to change Jesus' mind about me. That's something to have joy about. Can someone say amen? Next thing is this, never stop praying. Never stop praying. And I had this confused for a long time. I thought that, that praying was something you did at bedtime or something you did before you ate a meal. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. By his hands we shall be fed. Anybody know the rest? Give us this, Lord, our daily bread. No. Yes, no. Okay. <clears throat> but never stop praying. Never stop praying. Sometimes we think prayer is constantly talking to God. That's what we think it is. It's just constantly talking to God. Talk, talk, talk. Talky, talky, talky. No more talky. And, and, and we, we talk to God and then we make these requests to God. And like, God, I, I need money. Or God, I, I'm sick. Or, or God, I need this. Or God, I need this. Or I need a new car. And, and yes, this is part of what prayer is. But it's only part. See, prayer is not just us requesting things from God. But listen, prayer is this. Prayer is about responding to God. It's not just requesting, but it's responding to God. You should write that down too. Let's put it like this. If you only read your Bible, um, that'd be a good thing. If all you did, you only read your Bible, that'd be a good thing. But what would be equivalent to 
following God on Twitter and, and like reading the Bible would be the equivalent of following God, following God on Twitter and, and reading his tweets, reading what he has to say. But prayer is like God showing up and giving you his phone number. Hey, here's my personal number. Here's how you can contact me. Let's be friends. Like prayer is talking to God and saying this, let's make this a little bit more personal. Let's, let's be friends. Let's connect. See, the Bible is awesome. You can know as much about God as you want to know if you read the Bible. But when you pray, it's like you're calling that number. It's like you're calling it like you can you 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 know that voice. Hey, hey, God, I, I've I got to talk to you about some things. Hey, God, there's some stuff going on. We need to talk. Prayer is just that, you, you know, we read the Bible and. and but if you want to have a conversation and actually talk to God, you, you better pick up your phone. You better you better actually use your voice. You better actually talk to him because we need to pray, and that's what prayer is, is having a conversation with God. And, and I, you don't have to say these big, elaborate words. Oh, thou heavenly Father, we come before you. And like, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. You can say, hey, God, I'm, I'm kind of having a rough day. I need you in my life. I, I, I need your presence. God, I thank you for being a blessing to me. I thank you for blessing my family. What a, just have a conversation. Talk to God like you would talk to your friend. I, I, I would imagine, I would bet that every single one of us in this room has had this conversation with a friend or maybe a family member. Uh, a conversation that started out like this. How do you know that God is real? Have you guys ever had that conversation? I, I think a lot of us probably have. You say, how do you know that God is real? And, you, and, and, I, and I'm about to make a, a bold statement. And I'm going to stand by it. Are you ready? Here's the deal. Atheism, which what atheism is, is people who do not believe in God. Atheism would not exist if every Christian did what God told him to do. Atheism would not exist if every Christian actually followed through and did what God told them to do. Oh, I got more. And if you and I, I'm putting myself in there too, if you and I were not cowards and we actually responded to God the way he told us to do something, the the way that he told us to respond, atheism would be wiped from the earth. If you're walking down the hallway and and God speaks to you, you're walking down the hallway at school and, and through prayer, God speaks to you and he says, hey, um, you just cheated on your schoolwork. You just cheated on that last test, and you need to go tell the truth. You need to go confess. And don't tell me this doesn't happen. Um, because I was in high school, and I was a great cheater on tests. Is someone going to take care of that? That would be awesome if it would happen. Um, I'm going to confess like, to you, I, I was a great cheater in high school. Like, I was really good, like, peeking out of the corner of my eye, like, all this stuff. Like, I was, I was good. Don't tell me it doesn't happen in school. Don't tell me we haven't done it before. Um, but if, if that would have happened to me, and God told me that, 
And I would have done what he told me to do. Go back in that class. Miss um, Hunter, she was my English teacher, the worst. Uh, I, I've been praying, and I want to let you know that I just cheated on that last test that I just took. God told me that I needed to come and tell you about it and, and suffer the consequences. Your teacher wouldn't have to wonder if God's real. Because who does that? You back talk to your parents. You talk back bad to your parents. You talk about them. You talk, you talk mean to them. You talk back to your parents, which you will because you're teenagers if you don't already. And, and God convicts you because he loves you. If you would respond and say, Mom, Dad, I, I know I said some stuff that's, that's really mean. And, and I shouldn't have, and I've been praying, and I feel like God told me that I need to come and tell you I'm sorry. Your parents would not doubt that if God is real or not. If you and I were not cowards and we had the faith to do what God told us to do, atheism would disappear from the face of the planet. <clears throat> Try it. Try it. See what happens. Write this down. Be thankful in all circumstances. <clears throat> See, this right here, this is a nightmare. This is the worst. Be thankful in all circumstances. Everything, be thankful in all circumstances. See, this isn't easy. This isn't easy at all. Let's be honest. Like some of you, you, you may be going home tonight to a home that's messed up. You may be going to home to, to siblings, to brothers and sisters who, who they're doing some things that you don't want to be a part of. Maybe you're going tonight even after church and being with some people that you know it's wrong. The Bible says that the will of God for our life is to be thankful no matter what's going on. And gratitude is a great attitude. You need these three things. You need the Bible. If you don't own a Bible tonight in this room, if you don't own a Bible at all, catch me after church and I, I've got a Bible I'll give you. You need to have the word of God in your life. <clears throat> um, the Bible is the word of God. It's, it's called our daily bread. And if you want to you grow, you better eat. E- eat every day. You've got to read the Bible. Second thing you need is you need winter retreat. Holla! You need to sign up tonight. Go to winter sheet. Listen, listen. I- I'm joking, but not like this one single event has the potential to permanently change your life if you let it. I guarantee it. Some of you, you may need to understand what's at stake here about winter retreat. The devil wants you to have the most basic life uh, possible. <clears throat> And if you get by some friends that also want just a basic life, he's won. You let the enemy win. Maybe for some of you, you're, this new year should mean new friends too. Unfortunately. But maybe that's... <laughs> I heard that. Um, maybe for some of you, that's, that's what that means. The enemy wants nothing good for you and he just loves to stick you around no good friends who tempt you to do bad and wrong things, who tempt you to sin, who tempt you to look at things that you shouldn't be looking at, who tempt you to talk about things that you shouldn't be talking about, tempt you to talk about people 
you shouldn't be talking. It tempts you to do things and act certain ways that you shouldn't be doing. Because when you stay there, he wins. Don't hang around people who make you feel good about the stupid stuff that you do. Find some good friends who will call you out when you mess up. It may hurt. Actually, I guarantee it's going to hurt. And it's not going to be comfortable. But it's a good thing. The time is now for you, be, for you to begin the rest of your life. Going to winter retreat will help you get one step closer to that. Honesty. Don't lie. Children lie. Did you poop your pants? No. That's what my three-year-old does. Yeah, you did. Got skid marks in there and everything. If you make a decision, you need to own up to the consequences of that decision. In 2017, right, yeah, 2017, you can't can't fix a problem that you don't admit that you have. Guys, even girls in this room, if you struggle with porn, let's be real. You struggle with those things? Get someone, find an adult. Say, would you pray with me tonight? I need to get this sin out of my life. Tell someone tonight, you, need, you don't need to go. If you struggle with that, you don't have a go, need to go another day with a smartphone where you can look those things up. Take extraordinary steps to get the sin out of your life. You need to be free from your, from your porn addiction in 2017. Some of you, you need to quit talking about people. You need to quit gossiping. Maybe you need to quit talking right now. You need to get a backbone. And if you have a problem with someone, you need to either talk to them directly or let it go. There's so much at stake and the rest of the world is not, it's not, it's not doing anything about it. Do you know that, that, why, when you watch TV, when you watch certain things and, and everything, obviously it's going to seem fun. Everything seems fun because easy is fun and fun is easy. But I want you to hear this and I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I was your age, this, this message that I'm preaching right now is the last thing that I wanted to hear. Got to be honest with you. This is the last thing that I, I wanted to hear. But if you will listen to these words tonight, and if you will, you, will, you will commit to making this year the best year of your life, here's what will happen. And if you, you commit to making these changes in your life, here's what will happen. You'll get to the end of 2017, and you'll look back, and you'll say, man, God did some amazing things in my life this year. I guarantee you, it's not going to be easy. But I guarantee if you can commit to these things, if you can commit to God, once 2018 hits, you'll look back on 2017 and say, man, God did some amazing, miraculous things in my life. Finally, you need a new perspective. Romans 8, 28, it says this. It says, and we know. This is not a guess. It says, and we know that God causes everyone say everything. God causes what? Everything 
to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This year, everything has the potential to be the best thing God could do for you. If you have the right perspective, then God is working all things together for your good. Let's be honest for a moment. This year might be a year where some of you in this room, your parents might get divorced. It may be a year for some of you guys where, where a family member or, or a grandparent could pass away. This is, this is real life. I'm not trying to tell you that, I'm not trying to in any way tell you that this is going to be the easiest year of your life. But if this is God's will for your life, this thing we're doing is not a joke. If our goal is to be like Jesus, if you're going to be like Jesus, nothing is going to be easy, but it will be good. Nothing will be easy, but it will be good. Things in your life don't, don't have to be easy for them to be good. Guys, working out, no fun. No bueno. Running, no fun. Eating vegetables, no fun. Homework, double sucks. Everything about your life that is hard to do, listen, everything about your life that is hard to do is beneficial for you. It's part of leaving behind who you were and becoming who you are in Christ. So when life gets messy, things go bad. Maybe your parents split up. Maybe your, your boyfriend breaks up with you. Uh, and maybe you're living in sin. And this is the question that you need to ask yourself. What would an extraordinary version of me do in this situation? What would an extraordinary version of me do in this situation? Because God has not called you to be ordinary just like everyone else. He's called you to be extraordinary. Can we have our band go ahead and come back up? <clears throat> you guys know what's, what's really tough to do? The hardest thing in, in my life, in your life, the toughest thing there is to do? That's The toughest thing there is to do is to not live in sin. That's the toughest thing there is to do, is to not be tempted and not to not live in sin. Guys, I am, am an old man. I am 38 years old. Dang. It's hard saying that out loud. Uh, I just defeated myself. Um, I've got a wife and I've got three kids and it, it's hard, even at my age, it's hard to not sin. It's difficult. It's a battle every single day. It's hard to not sin. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, there are things in your life that are going to be difficult. But if you don't, if you don't run into the enemy every single day, it may be because you're heading in the same direction he is. Jesus didn't die so you could have another average year. See, the world would be just fine with a plain, ordinary version of you. 
everyone would be just fine. Every one of you guys, if that's you, every one of you guys would leave Emerge tonight and you'll go home and to, to some kind of a family, some kind of a people. And, and here's the deal. That family needs an extraordinary version of you. Imagine if every one of us, every student in this room woke up tomorrow and we decided that we're going to be extraordinary, that we're going to make some changes and that we're going to be different and we're going to follow Jesus because that's what God has called us to be. See, a a year from now, if we all did this, if we all committed to do this, every single one of us, just this small group of us, all of Kansas City and more would never be the same again. A year from now, if, if we are, if we would be who we are in Christ, not who we were. This year, you're going to have the best year of your life if you follow God. And it's not going to be easy, but it will be good. One day you're going to be old like me be going bald and and getting fatter um, and you're going to look back and say imagine how many people, people's lives I could have affected if I would have been willing to do what God was calling me to do see people need they need to see you read your Bible People need to see you pray. People need to see you live out this Christianity thing in front of them. Live this life in public. I'm telling you, if if we can just be who we are in Christ, who he's called us to be, and make decisions based on who we are, a changed life, a changed person, not who we were, then this will be the best year of your life. Your family, your school, your life would be changed. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment.